Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made for you, food bloggers who are seeking value for their blogs and also looking to make improvements in their lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Sophia DeSantis from VeggiesDon'tBite.com, and we will be discussing how to authentically engage on Instagram and how that can help you grow your business. Sophia is the food magician behind Veggies Don't Bite. Her superpower is using whole food ingredients to create plant-based recipes that will change the way your entire family views healthy food. From comfort food classics to veggie-filled meals, she creates a place where all types of eaters unite. When she is not creating magic in her kitchen, she is helping real-life busy people organize their meals so they don't want to tear their hair out. Hey, Sophia, I am so happy to be able to chat with you today. Before we dive into the topic of Instagram, take a minute to give us a fun fact about yourself. Um, Okay, so (laughs) a fun fact about me is that I love hot sauce, like more than love it. I'm obsessed with it. I have a whole section in my refrigerator with um, devoted to hot sauces. And my husband is frequently saying, this is not your museum for hot sauces. This is a refrigerator for all of us. <laughs> and I will buy hot sauce. Like if I'm vacationing somewhere and I find a hot sauce I like, like I will buy it. So on my honeymoon, I brought home hot sauce from the Caribbean. Um, I have a place in Hawaii that I love and I get their hot sauce every time I go. Um, I just love all kinds. And I have a very high spice tolerance. Oh, this is something we have in common. I too am slightly obsessed with hot sauce. I don't have a museum in my fridge, but now I have something to aim for. <laughs> I seriously like could put hot sauce on everything. And I have a high tolerance as well. I'm like envisioning exactly where in my fridge I should put this. I have a whole... It's like on my door. It's one of those shelves and it's my hot sauce. And if something goes in there that's not hot sauce, I quickly remove it. (laughs) What is this doing here? Get this out of here. (laughs) Well, I love you even more now. That was amazing. Fun fact. Probably my favorite one so far. So let's get on to our main topic and the reason you're here today, which is how to authentically engage on Instagram and how that can help you grow your business and your food blog. Instagram is the place to be right now for food bloggers as well as the rest of the world. I don't think anyone could have predicted how huge it would become, but it's huge. Yeah. And everyone on Instagram is loving it. Those of us who use it to help grow our businesses are constantly trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, what Instagram wants from us, what they don't want from us. Sophia, give us your thoughts about what Instagram wants. This is just my opinion. I feel like the problem with this question is that it really is different for everybody. Like Instagram ultimately is a business, right? Like, I mean, we're all running businesses and you have to be fair and say that Instagram should be able to run their business as well. And a business wants you in their product. So that when people talk about this algorithm and how, oh, it's trying to cheat me, oh, it's punishing me, it's it really isn't. It's not purposely doing anything on purpose. It's just 
they want you to stay on their product because that's their business. I mean, obviously. (laughs) So it'd be silly to think that they should do things to get people off their product. Right. So when it comes to being on their product, like they want you using it. So every time they come out with a new tool or whatever, like they want you using that tool. And the more you stay in their product, meaning as far as Instagram is, is staying there, meaning you're engaging with people because that's what it is. It's a social media platform. So the way you want to be rewarded is you want to show Instagram that you're there, you're engaging, you're using all what they have to offer. And when you engage, therefore your business and your brand is shown more because it shows Instagram, look, she's engaging these types of people like what they see with this person So we're going to show more people this content. And we're also going to show other people that like similar content, this content. So it's like a snowball. And it starts from the very beginning of getting to know your audience. Because if you don't know your audience, you can't engage with them. And so it's, I mean, for me, the basic building blocks, you know, that I, when people ask me like, oh, how do you, because I'm not a small Instagram person, but I'm also not a huge Instagram person. You know, I feel like I kind of fall right in the middle. And I honestly can't even tell you right now how many followers I have because I don't look at numbers. Numbers are not something I focus on. Um, I focus on the people that I have and getting to know them. Um, and so when you do that, you know, I use all of Instagram's tools. I don't really use a lot of external stuff. Um, I do have some apps that I like where I like, you know, when I have extra time, which isn't often that I make things pretty. Um, there are a few apps that I think are great for that. Um, but in general, I still upload everything to Instagram and use what Instagram has to add to it because they like that. They made it. So obviously it is yeah. there to be used. So I yes, think that is a great exactly. point. Um, and also, I feel like it's actually very interesting. I also feel like social media in general, I um, mean, I don't know, did you hear how Instagram, how they started taking away like counts, like in Canada, they started it where, you know, so in Canada, they started, I want to say like a month ago or so, um, they started where users can't see how many likes are on a post in the feed. So they can see who liked it. They just don't know the number you can the brand itself can still see their own numbers. But their target behind it, which I actually really like, and a few articles came out um, recently about more things they're going to implement, but they're really trying to get away from the bullying and the emotional issues behind social media. So and also the competition of oh, my likes are better than your I have more likes. So they decided to test this out. And apparently it's going well, because they're expanding it into other countries. That is so interesting. I actually really like that too. Well, and it kind of goes back to it's forcing you to forget about the numbers and start actually engaging with your audience. And also creating content about, you know, trying to find out from your audience what they want, spending that time creating content for them versus buy like and even buying likes as influencers, there's a way for other influencers to buy their likes. So you don't know what's real and what's not, you know, that's why you can't look at these numbers, because you don't know what it is. I mean, if there's somebody that has 200,000 followers, and they're only getting 1% of their audience to engage with them, that's not as good as someone that has 20,000 followers and is getting you know, like 10% of their audience engage, which is high. Generally, it's about three to 4% is general norm out there. But 
that's why you can't worry about your numbers. And so starting with using the tools and finding ways to engage with your audience and get to know them. It is so easy to get caught up in the numbers on any platform. Yeah. And you can almost get hyper focused on something that you just like cannot take your eyes off of it. Oh, yeah. I love that they are doing testing with that because really that is not what's important. But I was going to mention the 10,000 follower thing that they have with um, the swipe up feature and stories. That is the only thing like I have talked to food bloggers who really don't care about what their numbers are, except for that. They want to get to that 10,000 mark. And that is one reason why they do get hyper focused on the number. And I'm going to say this because I and I think you know her too, but I um, started not caring about that because of my business coach, Jenny Melrose. And I work with Jenny and I've worked with her since September and she taught me, I don't even use the swipe up. I have 30 something, I think, I don't know how many, but I don't even use it. The reason is, is because again, Instagram wants you to engage with your audience. They want your audience to stay on Instagram, not go to other places. So Mm. instead of using the swipe up, I give a call to action for my people on stories and say, DM me for this link. And that mm, puts them in I your like that. yeah. It puts them in your inbox. I'm not going to say that it's it's easy because it definitely is more work, but it puts them in your inbox, and you can take that conversation further once you do that. So they ask you for the recipe, you give them the recipe, you can check in and say how'd you like it, or is there something more you're looking for? It just gets to know them, and I have readers now that they just they just know me. And it's so funny, because they like, I don't know them, you know, but I recognize their username. And I'll post something and and like maybe the hot sauce thing. And they'll say, Oh, yeah, I remember you love hot sauce. And it's like, it's just a way to get to know people. And I love it. I mean, it's, it's more work. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I wake up and I do that in my feed post too. leave me an emoji and I'll send you the link. Sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like going through like 50 comments and trying to like, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's more personal. It is more personal. It yeah. takes more time up front, but yes. people like that personal touch. They absolutely do. And, you know, on that note, people I did um, a while back, I did a series of one of the things I love in stories is when you can do the um, the uh, questions like you can have people like say yes or no, or, you know, you can you can do those polls. And I did a poll because I was curious about a few different things with Instagram. One of them was, do you prefer the pretty perfect stories? Mm. Or do you prefer the real life? Maybe not always pretty, like meaning because a lot of people use filters and, and they use these apps to, to make their stories all beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and it takes time. So I don't I just because I have three kids, I'm running a business, my husband travels, you know, like I just put my story up, I add some text, I might use a few stickers or gifs or whatever. And I move on with my day. And I asked, and it was unbelievable. 92% of my audience says they prefer real life. That is amazing. I love that. 92%. And like, those are my people. That's not necessarily I mean, but there has been studies done in general. And it seems that social media is moving farther away from the picture perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, like with your feed, that's the first thing people see. So you definitely want like a visually engaging feed. So you don't want to put like ugly things on your feet because that's not going to draw people in. But with your stories, and that's the way I do it, like stories are my behind the scenes mess of a life. And that's what it is. And 
when I pulled my audience, that's what they said. And I'm listening to that. So I'm, I did try going and using apps and making things pretty and, and it didn't really engage as well. So that's the point of Instagram is getting to know your audience, I think, and giving them what they want. And my audience is different than your audience is different than another food bloggers audience. So that's the thing is, what do I do? Well, these are all the things you do, but don't do the end result of what I do, just do the gathering of the information. And then you have to take that and make it your own. I love that you reached out to your audience and asked them because I think that's where a lot of us fall short. We don't actually ask them what they want. We don't know. We're just wondering what they're wanting. Right. And one of the things that I love about Instagram and I think was a brilliant move on their part was adding stories because mm-hmm. the stories show the real side of people's lives. And as food bloggers, we get the perfectly styled food and the profiles, like you said, they're yep. beautiful. That's what we want. We want them to look stunning and beautiful and colorful. But in the stories, a lot of the times we get the cooking mishaps and the mistakes and the fails and the bad hair and all of that, which I absolutely love. And the kitchen after you photograph like five recipes. Oh my God. Exactly. And that is what a lot of people want. And it's becoming more, people are becoming more and more comfortable showing those not so perfect sides of their lives. And I think that's amazing that Instagram figured out how to get people to do that. I think it's awesome. It connects real life people with you because people are, we're all human. And especially, you know, like my audience of mom, I have a lot of moms and families and, you know, it's such a competitive, like social media is so bad in the sense that like, it can make somebody feel like the worst person on the planet and that you're not doing enough. And, and I try so hard to show that part of me and, you know, it's vulnerable and I'm kind of a private person. So it took me a while to get to that place. But once I realized that my brand, if I want to make this a business, it's not about me, it's about them. And once I realized that and took it to heart and started making all my business decisions based on that, that's when my business grew. And that's when I connected with people. And, you know, like I, yeah, I still share stuff that I like too, but I pull my people all the time. Like another thing, one of the polls I did was, Believe it or not, and this is pretty normal, it's it's about 60 to 70% in the studies I have seen, but most people watch stories with the sound off. Mm. So if you're doing a video and you're not using the text icon in the story to paraphrase what you're saying, people are going right by you. And I do it all the time. I watch it with the sound off because I've got kids and I want them running over saying, what are you looking at? Exactly. And so I... If, if it's a video and there's no words, I swipe right by it. And it could be one of my greatest friends, but I'm like, I don't, I'll try and watch it later when I have sound. And a lot of times I don't because I don't have time later. So for me, my audience, it was 62% of them watch it with the sound off. And that's pretty general from what I've seen in the other like, you know, studies they've done out there. That's another thing to take into account. If your audience is not watching stories with the sound on, even if you don't feel like writing text, it's not about you. It's about them. It's not about you. It's about them. That's such great advice. I love it. And there's an ongoing battle, I feel like, on social media platforms between balancing authenticity and perfectionism. Uh And I think that it is really important to dig in and see what your audience wants from you. If they want you to be perfect, then portray that. That's fine. Well, that's the thing. And it's funny because I feel like authenticity has become such a like buzzword. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I see people using it 
in very inauthentic ways. And I try, I mean, I, yes, authenticity, but it's just being you being real, you know, like I'm real. I, that's one of my faults actually. <laughs> it's like, I've, my mom said this all the time when I was little, I couldn't lie with anything. Like I got caught every time because <laughs> I'm just so real. Like if I'm upset, you see it on my face. Like I have a really hard time hiding those things. And so, you know, I'm real and I, I, it's, it's, this sounds really braggy, but I have gotten so many messages from people telling me that they're, they come to my account because yes, they like the food, but because I'm so real. I think that speaks volumes because a lot of people on Instagram, especially the bigger accounts are not, don't you wonder sometimes like, where is your mess? Where are your kids that are acting out? Like all the time, where, yeah. where is the real side? But I think, again, I think it's just so awesome that such a huge platform like Instagram is seeing the need for authenticity, like true authenticity. No, exactly. I love it. And I love that you're real. And I try to be too. I am not consistent with Instagram. I need to be more consistent. But I too almost feel like I'm too real. Like I just showed my kitchen when it was a disaster. Don't judge me. <laughs> but that's the thing is people don't. Like they want that. I mean, people want to see that it's hard for all of us, you know? And I think, especially for me, like I'm a plant-based blogger and I feel like, and this is probably not going to go over well with a lot of people, but I feel like the vegan plant-based world can be a very bullying, overwhelming environment. And I... I'm what's called, I, I've coined a term balancing plant-based. I have a membership group that, you know, I call balancing plant-based where I bring people in that want to incorporate plant-based lifestyle, but not necessarily hundred percent of the time. And when I started, it felt like an all or nothing place. And I'm trying to create a different movement. And I already like, I want to nourish people with healthy food and I already have to break through the barriers of the, um, you know, the golden, like, oh, vegan plant-based life, 100% of the time, I already have to deal with like breaking through that. And so I, I am real. And people have asked me, like, I have people that, you know, think, oh, you know, you're, uh, that's so amazing. You do this with all the kids and always vegan. And I'm like, nope, no, I'm no, I'm not actually, we're not. It took me a long time to get there. It took me a really long time for fear of judgment myself on social media. And once I just broke through that, now I'm like, I want people with me and following me that love me. And if you don't, fine. I don't care. I don't need to have, I don't have goals, number goals to have hundreds of thousands of followers. I can stay the same as long as the people I have are people that want to be here and love me. And don't you find that you reach breakthroughs so much more easily when you don't care anymore about what people are thinking and you're able to let down your guard and just be real, like really you? Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like my business has just skyrocketed since, you know, I've really taken all that to heart and gotten the courage to just be who I am and not care. And it is what it is, you know, like, I mean, I am happy as long as you're happy with it. If there's something you're not happy with work on it, by all means, but if you're happy with it, and someone else isn't, well, you're not going to, not everyone's going to like you. I love that message. And no, not everybody is going to like you. That is a given. You should just go into this game absolutely knowing that yeah. 100% for sure. And I don't like everyone. Like, I I mean, I hate to right. be so real, but the root to the matter is there's people I meet that like, I don't like. And that's okay. Despise people, but they're just not my favorite people. And it's fine. I don't have to be besties with the world. Right. <laughs> people get so offended. Like, oh my gosh, they didn't like this post or they left me this comment. Right. That is life. And that is part of this game. If yep. you want to be in this game, you have to just yep. be okay with yep. that. 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I see I it's the food blogger world is hard. Like you see so many people spending so much time complaining, chasing after people that are doing this or that. And it's like, why don't you spend all that energy in creating good content? Because yeah, every once in a while you'll get like, I got this week has been a doozy of a week with like dumb people. But you know, like I, you know, I shake it off. I might like message one of my good friends that gets it, you know, my one of my blogger friends that gets it or my coach or something. But just because I want to get off my chest, and then I move on. Like, that's what it is. And most of the time, I don't even bother. I, you know, block, delete, buy. Yeah, yeah, sometimes venting is necessary, but do it with someone who gets it and then move on and move on. And, d- and don't spend too much time, you know, like, yeah, you want to vent like if it's a really irky situation. Yes. But most of the time, just move on. Who cares? Now, let's back up just a little bit. I've noticed recently that a lot of food bloggers stay completely in control of their Instagram accounts. They seem to much more easily hand over Facebook and Pinterest to VAs to manage. But often on Instagram, it seems to be the actual food blogger who is behind the stories and the comments, etc. And again, going back to that authenticity thing, I think that speaks volumes about the authenticity and their intent with the program. I know engagement is another important aspect of Instagram and more than ever, authentic engagement is really, really critical. So talk to us about some ways that we can authentically engage on Instagram. So for me, and I think that's great that it's the food bloggers themselves because people are there for you. And I think the reason is because on Instagram, that is one place where you can easily engage with people to see the real you versus Facebook and Pinterest. I mean, especially Pinterest, like there's no, it's too, you know, it's not as easy. So I definitely would say that if you're handing off stuff, which I do, I don't do any other social media platform myself except for Instagram. Um, Definitely Instagram is one to keep yourself because once you hand it over, you lose some of that. And the people that you're connecting with aren't going to connect with the person that's doing it the same. Personally, like the way I do it is I only post in my feed one to two times a week. The reason that I do that, and I think it's different for every every brand. But the way Instagram works, I've read a lot about it is that when you post something in the feed, and you I do a call to action. And that's the other thing, if you want to engage with people, you you have to put a call to action, because people will not, you know, they need direction. So for me, it's put in a blank, like put a um, your favorite fruit emoji, if it's like an apple crisp that I'm doing in the comments below, and I will DM you the recipe. When people are engaging and putting those comments in Instagram sees, Oh, look, there's a lot of hubbub going on about this post. We're going to show it to more people. That's why you get some that are shown more than others. Well, if you're posting all the time, it's almost like you're taking that engagement and dividing it versus on that one. And so people easily miss, you know, it's not, you know, chronological anymore. So people, if you're posting all the time, people easily miss. And then Instagram doesn't see a certain post necessarily getting tons of action. So it's not being seen as much. I did testing and trials of this where I posted a bunch and then I post one to two times a week. And I definitely sticking to a couple times a week, get much more engagement. So do you think two to three times a week works for you or what's a couple? Um, I usually do two. Okay. You know, maybe three, depending on if I have a brand job, but I usually stick to two. Um, that seems to be my perfect number. And ever since I started doing that, um, And again, it depends on what it is. It's not a perfect science, but I, most of the time, if I stick to that perfect number, I get pretty good engagement. But then with stories, I'm in there 
every day, all day. How saturated do you keep your stories? I mean, are you doing like two to three stories a day? Are you doing like 20 stories a day? I try and put a new story in every two hours. Every like, I would say one to three hours, two hours average. So I did one of the polls I also did with my audience is because I'm visually, I'm a visual person. And when I go to someone's account and I see like little dots on the top because they have all those stories, I get overwhelmed and I yeah so I go, I go past their account like I can't that's too much. So I did a I poll and I asked my audience, do you get overwhelmed with too many stories or not? And sixty seven percent of them said they got overwhelmed. So I do see my happy place seems to te- be between one and three hours. And I usually, if I'm working that day, I set my alarm. So I'll, I have like a little timer. So I'll put the timer in for two hours and I'll go back in there when it goes off and stop what I'm doing. And, you know, and it depends, you know, on my day. Like if I'm doing a big recipe day, shooting day, like sometimes you'll see more in there just because I have more to share. If we're out with the family, like sitting by the pool and I'm bored, I might do a few more. But I would say in general, I like to say between one and three hours because that gives you enough stories to get people coming back for more and wanting more. But it's not so overwhelming that they see all those dots and they're like, whoa, I'm, there's no way I can get through all these. I do the same. I'm like, oh, goodness. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have the time for right. this. So next. Right. <laughs> so, and then like, if you only have like one or two stories a day, it's not really grabbing people's attention. Like your the story is exactly what it says it is. It's a story. It's a story of your day. And why do you think reality shows are such a hit? Because people love watching people's lives that's I mean reality shows is insta stories like reality shows have been going on forever and they keep growing and growing because media has been seeing that people are watching them and it's not just this is all a science it's not like it doesn't just pop out of nowhere you know just like social media media does tests and oh this oh reality shows they're big that's why you're seeing so many because people watch them. People love a good train wreck. Absolutely. (laughs) So people, people, when they see a blogger that they follow, like they want to get to know you, they want to connect with you, they want to feel like they know you. And so when you're doing the stories of your day, and for me, I usually work out in the morning, Um, I'll do one story like my what I'm working, you know, my workout or my smoothie or my kids throwing a fit because I didn't put the right amount of cereal in the bowl, like whatever it is, (laughs) you know how it is. And And then I go throughout the day and, you know, there's some days where I'm just not feeling or whatever. And it's not, it's not like a perfect, you know, like you have to, you can't stop. And because I've stopped, like I've had some, you know, some personal stuff happening in my life, like the last, like, you know, six months. And there's times where I'm not posting and it's, I'm on vacation or I'm, you know, it's good to take time off. And then I get back to it and my audience comes back, you know, it's not like once you don't do it, like they'll go away forever. But in general, they want to see your day. And it's fun because it gets them excited about, you know, things that are coming up. And I recently just right now, I actually am running a a back to balance because I believe in balance eating back to balance reset that I did with my husband last week. And I showed it in stories that we were doing it. And it's a combination. I made it up myself. Um, It's a combination of a bunch of different like juice cleanses and raw food cleanses from companies that I've tried in the past. And I'm not a cleanse person. But I like the idea of like being like fully in to clean your body out every once in a while. And we've had a big last couple months. So um, we came home from being in LA for the weekend and we're like, oh my God, we need to like, like clean. So I made this up. Like I did trials and I made it up and we did it ourselves and I had it in stories and I had so many people. What are you doing? I want to know. So guess what? 
my people were telling me something. So I took a day, I put some other work aside and I took a day and I wrote it all down and made it into pretty PDFs and I'm selling it for 10 bucks. And I have a group of people doing it with me starting Monday. Um, You can do it yourself. You can do it with me. And I'm running it through a face, through an Instagram chat. I have a little chat going with, with some of my readers and we're going through it. And that is like a place where they can come and ask me any questions they have. And I'm going to check in with them throughout the day. And I'm going to do it with them. And, you know, and that's the thing, like, I put something in my story just in a day and my people saw it and were like, I want it. And you knew to listen to them. I can see a lot of people glossing over that and not actually seeing what they were telling you. They were telling you, we want this information. And that's, but that's how you, you know, that's how you build your business on Instagram is you listen to what the people want and, you know, and I'll do like preview recipes or things I'm trying. And if I don't get a lot of engagement, I'm like, oh, well, you know, this may not be the best thing, but I have something that I get a ton of engagement for. And people are like, oh, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, hmm, people may want this. And, you know, I'll work on it as a real recipe. And that you just have to listen. That's the thing. So talking about traffic, because Instagram does not allow for link, you know, limited links, links in stories, if you have 10,000 followers, and also the link in your bio. But this is an issue for food bloggers because we want links back to our blogs, right? But at the same time, I think it's refreshing not to have to focus so much on links because of everything that you're talking about. We're focusing on things that are important, listening to our audience, listening to the people who follow us, building connections, engaging, and those are really the things that matter. So in my mind, it's just kind of refreshing not to have to go on and worry about links. It's like limited pressure, a vacation for my mind. I can just go there and be myself and talk about the things I want to talk about. But I know that people find ways to get traffic from Instagram to their blogs, like using IGTV. You can put links in there. Obviously, you can direct people to your bio. What are some other ways to get people to go to your blog from Instagram? So this is my take. I think different social media platforms are good for different parts of your business. Now, for me, that's just another thing that I... Traffic, yes, I do want traffic to my blog. But ultimately, I want to... I, you know, you get traffic, you get ad money from traffic. But ultimately, I want to create products for my people. And that's how I make, you know, some of my money. And also, you know, I do work with brands for posts. And yes, the traffic is good for that. But I have Pinterest for traffic. I have my mail list for traffic. I have SEO, Google search for traffic. I look at Instagram as a different mindset. Like you, you have to move your mindset over that. And I've done the research again in my own account where I had that link in bio thing. Okay. And I looked at how much traffic I was getting. And yeah, it's a little bit, I mean, and some bloggers will say they get a bunch, but percentage wise, based on your overall traffic, what percent of that are you getting? And based on your business, you have to evaluate what is more important, that little traffic that you're driving, or in my link, I have an, a free opt-in to build my email list. Because here's the thing, like any of these social media platforms can go away. And that's one thing my business coach really stressed with you know me. And the only thing you own is your email list. And so she's really helped me understand that building my email list, those are my people, and that can never go away. Because 
that is my email list. You know, when Instagram was down, what do you have left? Your email list. When Facebook's down, Pinterest, like all those things, they, there's an ebb and a flow. So for me, I have a free opt-in in my bio for my email list. That is so and smart. <laughs> well, and that's what I use it for. I don't use Instagram to drive traffic directly. However, if you're getting people on your email list, because I email out my links from my blog to my email list all the time. If you're connecting with people, they're going to spread the word about this cool blogger that they love. If you're building that audience and you're getting people to love you through that platform, you are getting traffic. It's just not measurable directly because you don't know. But it's, you know, it's a word of mouth. It's that's like, and I guess it depends on your business model and what you want. And for me, I want long-term connections. I want to develop products and sell products to my people. You know, like I have a membership site. I do one-on-one um, work with clients. I do these resets. I, you know, like I have things that I want. I want to gain people's trust because then and only then will people buy from you. And that's what I use Instagram for. I don't use it as a traffic driver. I think that is an incredible point. It's almost like when you have a group of friends and each friend provides you with something different. One friend is a good listener. Yes. One uh-huh. friend is really fun. So I think it's a, it's really important for us to keep that in mind when we look at Instagram and not really expect that from them because that's really not what they're there for, like you've pointed out. Exactly. Exactly. And you can't get something from a platform. That is not what they're looking for. Like I said, they want you on their platform. And they want this to be a place where people connect with each other. And I see people bloggers complaining about Instagram all the time. And what they're saying, I'm like, you're missing the point. That's why you're not getting from in- that's why you're not getting from Instagram what you want, because it's not there for that. But it's also it's such an important part of your business, though. Like if you're in it for just the traffic, that's fine. But I personally don't think that's a long term success. That's my opinion. And from what I've learned from my coach and everyone else that I have started working with, you have to evaluate your business and your long term goals. And yes, my I, I want to make money off my business because that's why I work so hard. But in order to do that, you need to connect with people. Embracing what Instagram has to offer you is super important. And don't get upset when it's not offering you what it's not here to offer you, right? So exactly, we like Instagram for who they are. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah, totally. Facebook has its own purpose. Pinterest yeah. has its own purpose. Instagram is super unique. I feel like it is. I've gotten to know so many people through Instagram. Me too. And I didn't on any other platform. Platform. Well, yeah, because there's that like, it's a it's a very simple platform. You post pictures, you post stories, you connect with people. That's what I love about it. Like, I love simplicity. And that's why for Facebook, like I am actually opening a private Facebook group for my people on there because, you know, d- you know, I feel like I want to try and reach whoever like if you're if you're not an Instagram person, you're a Facebook person. But Facebook just confuses me. I don't spend as much time on there because it's overwhelming to me. Instagram is so simple. You go on, you look at some pretty pictures, you talk to people, and that's about it. You know, <laughs> it's a simple tool, and it really it's is easy. And I have a personal account and a business account, and it's easy to go back and forth now. And you know, before it wasn't, but they just, you know, they changed that. And I just love it. It's just so easy, and I love connecting with people there. And I have people I talk to all the time on there, and it's fun. It's it's such a good way to show your personality. It allows for that. 
I feel like. Absolutely. Especially the stories. I just love that they added those. How do you feel about Instagram pods? I know a lot of food bloggers join these pods of bloggers who support each other and, you know, something that they've recently posted, they will share with the pod. And then all of the people within the pod will go and comment and like, are these authentic? Are they worthwhile? Should we be doing this? This is the only issue with them. I think if you find a group of people that you authentic, love. Great. You know, you're supporting each other. I mean, I support people without a pod all the time because that is who I authentically go to because I love them. When I first started, it's not as bad anymore. But when I first started, like, I can't even tell you how many people would DM me. Let's do a like for like, let's do a share for share. I can honestly say proudly say I have never once done that. Mm. From the beginning, it never felt right to me. I was like, no, thank you. I like to authentically find accounts and comment on them. Maybe yours would be one one day, but I don't do force. And that's the way I am when I work with my brands. Like if I'm working with a brand, I organically like this brand. I have tried it. I would use it in my everyday life. I don't do random stuff just for the money. I do it. As I said, I'm not a good liar. So I have to like, like something. So the pods are great if you actually like the people and are attracted to their account. The only issue, and I'm going to go back to what the algorithm does, is the algorithm connects people that have similar interests. So if you have a follower that is constantly connecting with you, they're going to show that follower accounts that are similar to yours. Now, the problem is, is if you have a pod of bloggers, not real people, but a pod of bloggers that you're constantly engaging with, you're going to throw off the algorithm to think that those are the type of people that you want Instagram to show your account to. So it's like you could be hurting yourself by doing that, not necessarily helping yourself, even though you are getting engagement because it's showing. But that's the problem is it's not real people, it's other bloggers. And they'll be showing, you know, you're not necessarily spreading your wings to other real true readers. Non-blogging people. Right. And for (laughs) me personally, I want to sell products. Like I want to provide a service for people. I want to provide a product for people to help them get healthier. And I'm not going to do that if my stuff is shown to other bloggers. I'm going to do that if it's shown to real people. So I don't do that. Wow, that's a really unique perspective that I've really never thought about before. But that is something to think about. Yeah, so it just depends. So that's why it's like, well, again, it's like your account, you have to see what works for you. You have to see, you know, like, I don't know, like it just for me, I don't do that. Because I already authentically comment on my blogger friend's stuff and I don't need a pod to do that. Like I, if, and if they, I don't want people to feel like they have to comment on my stuff. Yeah, right. You know, like, and I don't honestly look at who does it. And sometimes it's actually funny. I had a a friend of mine who commented on one of my recipe posts, like my feed posts, like I want the recipe, here's my emoji or whatever. So I just did my normal, like, and I don't copy paste. I actually do write back stuff. Sometimes I'll write a sentence exclamation point to a few people, but I actually write in either one. So I commented back to her. Thanks so much. Just sent it. And she commented back. She goes, uh, okay, distant much. Don't you know me? Or like something funny. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize it was you because I, you know, like I just love communicating with people. And when it's like, I don't always realize it's like people I know like in my real life. (laughs) That's really funny. I almost do that to a fault. And I know a lot of people live by templates 
And I always have intentions to use templates because it's easier. But I set one up and then I just never use it. And I always end up writing authentically in my own voice. And it takes me so much extra time. And it almost makes me mad that I can't just use a dang template. But I always feel like this has to be me. Every time I have to make them know that this is me writing it. I am not just copying and pasting. Yeah. So it's almost a fault, but I do think it is good. I think that people see through that and they see the sincerity. Right. And that matters to people. And I'm starting to pick out like, you know, when you get those bots that, you know, comment, great picture. And it's a video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's like, um, I can pick those out now and I can kind of, I'm starting to be able to tell like true, like authentic voices and ones that aren't scripted. So I don't want people to think that of me. You know, and for some things like, you know, there's some things like my polls, for example, like when I do a poll on like, you know, like my healthy reset one I did, I've been doing polls throughout the week about, you know, who wants to get healthy. And, you know, I do like if there's 50 people in a poll, I might do like a few like, you know, saying something like, I'm so happy you want to join us. Um, Here's the information. Let me know if you have questions. And I might send that to a few people and then come back and do another one or but in general when I comment with people when I talk to people I like them to know it's me and I'm sure that your audience appreciates that about you yeah being authentic is so important I have just a couple more questions and then we can end our chat. But what are your thoughts on the highlights in Instagram? I noticed looking through your amazing Instagram feed, by the way, it's beautiful. Everyone should check it out. That you have this beautiful situation for (laughs) set up for your highlights. You have graphics that are just really pretty. Do you recommend people use the highlights? How often do you think people go through those? Again, look at my Instagram profile as a business. My highlights, just like my link, link back to my my brand and my business. So part of my highlights are you'll see brand names on there. And those are the brands that I work with. Like if I have like certain part of my proposals that I send to brands when we, you know, talk about collaborating together, one of the extra things I do is I say like any of my content and my stories that I do for you will be put in a special highlight reel for you. And I keep that on there for the length of the partnership. And then I go and I delete on once it's over. Um, so part of those are that is the brands that I have worked with. You know, I have some long term contracts that I continue to work with. That's a great idea. Yeah. And then well, it's my business coach gave me the idea and it has worked very well for me. And then I also have one like my cookbook. I've written a cookbook. So that's on there. Um, I do one that like every once in a while I'll do free recipe templates and I'll throw that on there. I do meal planning, which is part of my business membership group, which is part of my business. I do coaching, which is part of my business. And then I also like I have a few like personal ones like, you know, my cat and my my kids because you know, that's part of my life. So that's where I think highlights are a great way to throw in some personality, because people can go on there and, you know, check that out. Um, But I definitely think highlights are great, because it allows you to show your versatility and the different aspects of your business. Like if you are especially like if you're a lifestyle blogger, and you have food and travel and fashion or whatever, it's a great way to separate that out. So I feel like I love highlights. I think they're great. And I don't I mean, I honestly don't spend a lot of time on making them pretty. The only thing I do is like the I turquoise because that's my favorite color is I made that in like Canva or something. It's like a template I have in there and just go in there 
write the name and then upload that as the cover. It takes like two seconds. I love that you use the highlight section to work with brands. That is something I have never thought of before. That is a very great tip. Um, Yes. My coach, Jenny, she is just, she's full of great, great ideas. I learned my best ideas mostly from her. And I do a few other things special for brands when I work with them. But that's the thing you want to be, you want to offer them something that they're going to make them want to work with you. It stands out and it's unique. So I subscribe to your mailing list and I have been absolutely blown away by your Instagram tips. Some of them are so clever. Oh, thank you. I did not know that. Yeah, no. So I, um, I kind of started doing this like I, you know, down the road. It's not something I'm focusing on right now because I really just want to build my list and get to know the platform better. But I do have some ideas on like courses or services or stuff I could do with Instagram. I just really love Instagram. And it's one platform that I just have taken to and I've really grown in my engagement. And I've started, you know, selling products through there and doing a ton of stuff through there. And I just love it. But the tips I felt like if I wanted to grow an email list, like I need to provide something for them. So I was like, you know, I thought that would be a fun thing to share because I find new tips all the time. And I just thought it would be an easy way to get it out there. So yeah, some of them I think are, you know, more fun than others. But um, every day I find new ones. And I'm going to start doing stuff like link into some articles because I follow some articles with Instagram and like that whole thing with the likes and, you know, doing more like tips or ideas or, you know, just suggestions or watch out for this type of thing. Yeah, a variety. I've noticed it's quite a variety, which is great. Sometimes you will talk about creating graphics and other times you'll talk about another aspect of it. So I just love that. I've been enjoying those. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So to wrap up, we talked about a lot today and I have learned so much. I'm very excited to get into Instagram now and change a few things and just change some of my strategies. But I just wanted to highlight some of the things that I personally learned today from you. Instagram wants us to be there. I think it's really important to keep that in mind. That goes for all of us because we can get into that mindset of, well, why aren't they doing this for me? We have to keep in mind that they want us to engage and they want us to be there and they're not against us. So also don't focus on the numbers, just focus on your audience and your content. This is not about us. It's about our readers and our followers. Also, utilizing Instagram polls, I do not do this nearly enough, but I love that you've gained so much insight just by doing polls. It's so easy. It takes like two seconds. Yes. Also, text with videos and stories. Great tip. Call to action in each post. If you want people to engage, you've got to ask them to engage. And then two to three posts per week works for you and doing stories daily. The one link that we get from Instagram in our bio, consider using that to grow your email list because like you mentioned, Sophia, that is really the only thing that we own. Instagram could poof go away tomorrow and we couldn't do anything about it. So I absolutely loved that tip too. Kind of blown away by all of the stuff that you have imparted today. It's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I think that people are really going to find this valuable. I know they are because uh, like we talked about early in our conversation, it's just a huge platform. People love Instagram and they want knowledge about it. Food bloggers, I also seriously recommend that you sign up for Sophia's mailing list because it is very insightful and very fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun. So before you go, share with us a favorite quote or words of inspiration that you have for our fellow food bloggers. I mean, I think I kind of already said it that it's not about you. It's about them. You know, it's it's about that's your audience. You got to give your audience what they want, because if not, why are they there? 
And if, you know, you're con- if it's all about you, which is fine, that's just a hobby. You know, that's like you just having a diary. Whereas if you want to make it a brand and a business, forget about the numbers, be thankful for who you have, connect with who you have and focus on them, not you. Well (laughs) said. Sophia has a list of favorite resources relating to Instagram, and those can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Sophia, and that is spelled with a P-H. Sophia, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Definitely Instagram. (laughs) Um, and my blog, veggiesdontbite.com. Um, I'm always answering emails and I'm in Instagram every day answering DMs. So yeah, and then my email list, you know, I, whenever I send out an email, anytime somebody replies, I always get back to them. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for listening today, food bloggers, and I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.